Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Just before we get into the interview, this is just a brief message. Uh, this is actually a recording of the 2021 Superconscious Success Summit interviews. If you do want to check out the introductory for all of the guests, then you can go across to our Superconscious Success YouTube channel where you'll be able to find all the introductions. These particular podcast interviews will be the interview only. Okay, thank you. Now let's get on to the interview. Superconscious Success fam, welcome back to another amazing interview where we're going to be talking to Christopher Salem. We're going to be talking about mindful living and stress reduction techniques for work-life harmony. Now, if you've not yet seen his introductory video on YouTube, head across to the Superconscious Success YouTube channel and check that out. So, um, first off, hey Chris, how are you today? Jennifer, doing awesome. How are you doing today? I am doing brilliant and I am so excited to be chatting to you. Um, recently, we've actually started a new brand called Peace and Prosperity, um, nice. where we do actually go into integrating mindset and mindfulness and prosperity consciousness so that we can obtain that work-life harmony. Because in today's society, we can get a little bit um, excited and we can tend to focus so much on business because that's what we're passionate about and let other things slip. Um, we can often forget to look after ourselves um, and start to you know, overwork ourselves or start to forget about the other important things in life, the relationships and, and stuff or else, we just get stuck and don't know what the heck we're wanting to do. So our, our program and our brand is about helping you to discover that and to create a legacy that will allow you to really fulfill your purpose in life and to live the best life because we've been put here to live a life of joy and to live experiences that, um, that we can, we can, teach others and that we can um, fulfill our life. So I'm excited to be talking to you today, Chris. I'm looking forward to today. Absolutely. Great to be here with you. Excellent. So how about we start off by just going briefly over the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, because I know that's something that you um, work a lot with when it comes to coaching your business clients. Yeah, so a, a fixed mindset is, you know, is what you each and every day when you wake up and you do what you do operates from a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is uh, operates from the subconscious level. So again, the things that you do each and every day are you're doing subconsciously. Yeah. Now the thing about a fixed mindset, it operates in the past and the future. 
-hmm. Whereas a growth mindset is something that you have to work towards, something that you have to use discipline and and consistency in yourself out of your comfort zone in the present moment. Mm -hmm. See, in a fixed mindset, that's where fear resides. Okay. And fear thrives in the past and the future. Where is in the moment, fear is reduced. And you have when fear is reduced, what else gets reduced? Stress. Yeah. So you know, if we can keep our st our stress to moderate levels, that's actually a good thing because we need a little stress to motivate us to get through and accomplish the tasks that are very important in our lives and our business. Absolutely. And uh, limited beliefs are, are so important when it comes to having that growth mindset, because sometimes we um, don't have a great amount of faith in ourselves and we, we don't believe that we are capable of being able to achieve what, what it is we're really wanting to achieve. So this can come from like the past, this can come from families and, and experiences that we've had. So how do limited beliefs actually impact the direction of our lives and also our manifestation potential? Well, they are, they're very powerful, uh, Jennifer. Limiting beliefs, they're very subtle, but they're yet very powerful because mm. again, we pick these things up during our development years as children. You oftentimes from the age of five or six years old, up until when we could be 14 years old and anywhere in between. Mm. And again, these limited beliefs doesn't mean that, that, you know, that your parents were bad or they did yeah. anything. Wrong. And again, you, you could grow up in a very a, a wonderful, loving household and still developing limiting beliefs. It's just the things that we pick up from what we observe in a certain, maybe our parents, usually one particular parent mm -hmm. where it sticks. So for me, when I was growing up, I had several limiting beliefs. But one of the ones that was at the top was the need for validation. And I had that not even knowing that because when I was growing up, my father was not around. He was often traveling over in Asia, Asia Pacific, you know, with his business. And he was never there for a lot of the milestones in my life growing up as a child, including my brother. And as I was growing up as a kid, we don't know any better thinking that maybe dad doesn't want to be there for whatever reason. So. I had this void that was not filled and, and I was always seeking this validation. So obviously that validation, that need for validation played out in my adult life, affecting my level of self-esteem, confidence, how I communicated with myself and other people, how I made decisions and how I took risks. So oftentimes it caused a lot of, uh, it caused me to take, go, go down a path of codependency mm. in terms of my behavior and communication. And again, I experienced all that through what we call anger. So I operated from anger most of the first 30 uh, years of my life. So, so again, that's where limiting beliefs come from. Yeah. So you talk about you, you lived in a state of codependency. Can, for our listeners, can you just explain what that is? Because I think that as a society, we do tend to um, live in that state of codependency and it does actually stop us from able to live that independent um, uh, life that we, that we so desire. So what do you mean when you talk about the codependence? So codependent means that, again, you're operating from a fixed mindset in the past and the future where fear thrives. Again, yeah. that's where limiting beliefs are triggered from the past, get projected into the future. That mm -hmm. convinces your mind at that point that you're not capable of doing something or you're not worthy or you're not deserving, whatever yeah. the case may be. That raises a level of anxiety. That can lead to worry, which can lead to procrastination, either not doing anything or being busy but not productive. Yeah. You often will then overwhelmed 
we can feel a level of angst. And then you usually can experience that through anger, jealousy, envy, uh, shame, guilt, or any combination thereof. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, that again, you know, that limiting beliefs are, can be, are so subtle. They can be, you know, you, you won't even know this consciously, but yet they could be affecting every aspect of your life and your career. So codependency thrives in that area. And codependency does not assume responsibility for your role in duty in any situation. Yeah. And what it does is it looks to the outside and it needs from others. It, it demands from others to fulfill something that we think is going to fill us. And, that, and it lives in a world of expectation that goes unfulfilled. So codependency is always looking outward, not going inward, knowing that's where the answers are. So yeah. that's the, that, that, that's a long definition, but I wanted to be thorough. In, yeah, in what no, that's, that's great because, um, because the thing is, and I was just talking about this recently with somebody else and um, that if we often, when we see something outside of ourselves and we go into feelings of judgment and jealousy and shame and guilt and, and all of these other things, because we're codependent, um, it's often because we're missing something within us. It's something that we are actually seeing in somebody else that we're actually missing within ourselves. This is when we need to dig deep and go within and recognize what is missing. Um, and that's something that we have a hard time doing. Now with limited beliefs, um, one of the biggest limited beliefs that I think um, happens nowadays is around the topic of money. Now, we live in such a lack society that everybody's, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough of this, we don't have enough of that. And I know growing up myself that um, I had the most loving family you're ever going to come across. They, they were so supportive of me. But I remember from a very young age, my parents worked really, really hard. Like they both had jobs. Um, they ran their own cafes. They ran their own workshops and all sorts of things. Um, but I remember one day us having the power cut off and I remember us actually having to light the candles and we played board games. So it was still a, a nice evening. I remember my mum having to go without food because just so she could feed us. And so my limited belief that started from there was no matter how hard you work, you're still not going to have enough money to be able to, to be able to support what you need. And at the time, you didn't. I didn't actually think about it. It wasn't. It wasn't something that I consciously thought of. But as I started doing more work on myself, and I started realizing, wow, that was a, a money block that that has been coming coming up over and over and over again. Um, something as young back as five years old was when I first remember it happening, and then it wasn't an, until. I mean, the reason why was because my dad actually contracted hepatitis. And so he was in hospital for six months. And so of course we didn't have the money coming in, but as a young child, you never actually saw that. All you saw was my parents are out working hard, but we still have the power cut off. Mum's still not eating enough food. And so therefore, um, therefore there's that lack consciousness coming up. Yeah. So it's, and, and this is something that I think people struggle with. And unless you actually dig deep and you actually start to work on those belief systems, um, then it's very hard to move forward and to manifest the, the relationships, the money, the, um, 
the joy and happiness that we're looking for. So that's why, um, that's why one of the first things that we work on is actually dealing with those limited beliefs. But um, in saying that, we are also talking about stress because stress is um, occurring more rapidly in society, um, especially, you know, COVID has now happened. Um, and so people are extra stressed out. Um, people have lost their jobs or, or else they're just, like I said, overworking. Um, so why is, can stress be so dangerous and, and why is it so important that we reduce our stress levels? Well, again, again, stress is again, you know, operating in the past and the future. That, that is just the result of being in the past and the future. It's just a byproduct of the fear that we allow to happen to us. Yeah. So again, fear is reduced in the present moment. So most people don't understand how to be present. Yeah. And the, one of the things about not being present is that, is that when people get caught up in trying to control what they can't control. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is where expectation thrives. Expectation is trying to control something you can't control. You can only control your own behavior, your communication, your attitude, and your actions. Yep. You cannot control how someone is going to perceive your communication, mm -hmm. what they're going to say, what they're going to do, how they're going to act or behave. Yet that's what people get caught up in. They get caught up in things they can't control. That also includes situations, the economy, the, the weather, the whatever, things that you cannot control. So the thing is, is when we get caught up in the things that we can't control, this is where, again, that fear magnifies itself and then it creates stress emotionally and physically in the body. Mm -hmm. And this is where, like, if, there, if these things are ongoing, where you get into fight or flight mode over, over a period of time, this can lead to dangerous amounts of stress that can lead to depression and then also lead to inflammation in the body as a result of cortisol that gets raised in the body that can lead to many of the diseases that we know of that uh, kill people each and every year. Again, as a result of yeah. the inflammation triggered by emotional and physical stress. Absolutely. And I think that, um, and I mean, this is, this is what anxiety is. Anxiety is, is stressing yourself about something that may not happen or something that has already happened. So as you said, we're living in the past and we're living in the future. If we manage to, um, to centre ourselves, if we manage to stay in the present and to recognise, as you said, that we only have now. Okay, you go two seconds down the road in the future, it's still now. It doesn't matter where you are. We have the present and that's all that exists. And so if we stay in the present and we centre ourselves um, using some of the techniques that you're going to go into, um, then that will allow us to reduce our stress levels and recognise that we, I often say to the kids, I say, what other people think about you is none of your business. Because it's true. It's, it's something that we can't control what other people think of us. We can't control how other people are going to react to something we've said or something we've done or whatever, because they have their own values. They have their own principles. They have their own um, set of beliefs um, that often they come from a very different household yeah. that, that has created different beliefs so they don't understand our belief systems. So, you know, we need to, we need to recognise that if we stay in the now, then, um, then we can actually manage to reduce the level of anxiety 
um, and reduce the stress levels, as Chris said, which can lead to all sorts of different diseases, inflammation, um, and all sorts of other things that can go on. So what are some great techniques, Chris, that we can use to help to decrease those stress levels and stay in the present? Well, again, there, there, there's things that you can do to manage the problem or operate from with the solution. So, yep. so the things is, you know, if you want to manage the problem, again, you know, where limited beliefs will still be there, but you just want to offset the, the symptoms of, of stress as a result of those limited beliefs. You know, there's things like yoga, there's things like Tai Chi, you know, walking, uh, that type of thing. But here, I want to share with you two cornerstone or two habits are the cornerstones of not only that can help not only manage the problem, but even better, eradicate the problem and then operate within the solution. Mm -hmm. And that is meditation and journaling. Yeah. And absolutely. what meditation does is it helps with through the power of breath when you get into a rhythm to learn how to be present. And it's in that present moment over time that the subconscious mindset begins to open up to the conscious mindset to reveal what are the things that are behind the scenes that have been holding you back? What have been affecting your level of confidence and self-esteem? We began to see things that, we were, that we've suppressed that we weren't conscious to throughout our, our lives since we were a child. And as a result of that, now we can then begin to look at it like a third party would to begin to find out how do we get rid of it? That's where the journaling comes in. So when we journal, we have no intention. We're just writing down whatever comes to mind. We're not overanalyzing, overthinking. You're just writing down whatever comes to mind when you finish meditating. And when you can go back and look at it, you can begin to track to see what those things that are unfolding that you can then address the root cause to those limiting beliefs. And once we are able to eradicate them over time and to replace them with now limitless beliefs from better habits and disciplines that will serve us, this will help raise our level of confidence to help us be more present to reduce stress, but to use moderate levels of stress, of good stress, to motivate us internally to finish tasks, accomplish new goals, you know, and exceed certain possibilities that we never imagined. Absolutely. So you recommend that, um, that what we do is we do the meditation and we have the journal next to us so that all those ideas that come in through the meditation, uh, through our connection with source at that time, um, or the subconscious or superconscious yeah. or whatever we're getting, all the messages, um, is able to be written down and then you can reflect on that at a later date. Yeah. Um, so, so we're going to go into the morning routine. And there's a lot of talk out there about how important a morning routine is for, um, for establishing good habits. And I know myself that when I've, like I have my own morning routine and when I stick with that morning routine, um, the day just flows, it just flows naturally and everything seems to align up. But if you miss it for whatever reason, <laughs> things just seem to fall out of place. Why is the morning routine so important? Well, when you have a morning routine, it's going to help you develop not only clarity, but the ability to be focused. And when you have clarity and focus, you have the ability to be decisive. And when you're decisive, you have the ability now to take action. It means that you're going to be focused on being accountable for your role and duty in any situation, whatever that may be, to control what you can and let go of the rest. So again, a routine allows you to develop that focus. So for instance, when you wake up early, there's less distractions. There's something about the power of waking up very early in the morning where it gets the mind 
you know, kind of fresh up from when you wake up where now it can be focused. And when you engage in an organizational task like making your bed, now it's, is that hard to do? No, but it's but yet it tells our, it, can, it, can, it convinces our mind that we are accomplishing a small task. And yeah. every time you accomplish one small task, it'll lead to another and then another until eventually bigger tasks. So it just helps to train the mind to be focused on one priority at a time, not multitasking, but one thing at a time. Then, you know, you know, after an organization task, you meditate, you know, you learn how to meditate so you could be present. Yeah. You know, again, when if you want to address the root cause of limiting beliefs, and then also if you want to develop your success foundation, again, that cornerstone it will, for the rest of your life will be meditation, then journaling, writing everything down, getting it out of your head onto paper, it's throwing away the trash. So just like you throw away the trash at home, you're throwing away the head trash. So these are the things that are going to help develop more clarity for you. Now, whatever you decide to do from there is up to you. Yeah. You can go work out, you can read, you can do whatever. Certain other things that are going to develop that, 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 that consistency of being present. So yeah. for me, it's working out. It's coming back, showering, eating a healthy breakfast, reading a chapter or two out of a book that is relevant to something that I'm working on or to my clients, and then reviewing my daily goals based upon the sequence of the priorities that matter. That is what I do each and every day, seven days a week. I don't miss a day. Now, the key here is consistency. Yeah. And discipline is what is going to allow you to do it because discipline means you're going to do it even when you don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you think motivation in the beginning is going to help you do this? Good luck. It's discipline. <laughs> yeah. Discipline and consistency are going to be the two things that are going to help you. If you're wanting to integrate exercise, for instance, and we know how difficult it is. I'm also an early riser, so I'm also up at 4.30 in the morning. And so um, if you're wanting to, say, implement exercise, then take the first step. Put the shoes next to your bed. Get into the shoes, even if you can't do it straight away, right? And take those small steps until eventually what's going to happen is it's going to build up that discipline. It's going to build up that motivation so that, one day you're going to actually open that door and you're actually going to walk out it and it becomes a habit. And it's about yeah. creating those positive habits um, that will get the day started and will get you moving in the direction that, that you're wanting to move in. And having, like you said, having um, good morning routines really sets your day up for, for being in the present and for allowing the flow to happen. Um, and it's, it's amazing the difference that it can make um, when it comes to to how the day how the day finishes up, um, so yeah, so adopt a morning routine. It's really really important. It doesn't matter what your morning routine is, as long as you find something that I find brings you peace and brings you joy first thing in the morning, then um, then that helps you to set your day up right. So. Um, now we talk a lot in in our program and our brand about prosperity, and we often look at look at our bank accounts and, and and we go oh my gosh you know there's there's not enough money in there we talked about lack mindset before um, not enough money in there and how do you know there's so many bills coming in and blah 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 um, if someone was wanting to change their money mindset um, what's one thing that we could do right now that would change that 
Well, again, you know, limiting beliefs are the culprit of behind of, you know, that lack of, of, of that feeling of lack of or scarcity and that type of thing. Again, yeah. it's how we look at it. We, again, if you don't have money or you don't have enough right now, and that's, you know, let's say it's realistic right now, you're in debt, you're living yeah. paycheck, paycheck. It starts with your thinking, you know, mm -hmm. it goes back to the, the principles of think and grow rich. You have to put yourself in a place of desiring to seek the results that you seek. When you desire something, that means that you're willing to do your part in the moment to control what you can, letting go of what you cannot control. When yeah. we want something, we may have good intentions, but we, but the first challenge that comes our way, well, that's my excuse why I can't do it. See, everything that works against me. So the thing, the thing about uh, a financial mind, mindset is to also get into the right frame of mind of being present yeah, and begin to begin to have a gratitude list to appreciate the things that you do have. Even if you're in debt at this time, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Look for the things that you do have. You have a roof over your head. You have food on the table. You may have certain other things that you've taken for granted. You begin to appreciate the things you have. You find a penny on the ground. You pick it up and you're grateful for it. If somebody would say a penny, or what, what, what would a penny do for me? But it's again, funny. it's grateful. Funny. Yeah, it's funny. When you're grateful. It, it, it again, it comes. It more will, will come into play. And here's another statement that if you begin to live your life from, this will change the quality of not only your life of harmony, but also will bring more prosperity, wealth, and other things into your life. Again, as long as you're doing your part. Yeah. It's when you learn how to give without expectation. Mm -hmm. Now it's, but again, with boundaries, of course, from a place of empathy, meaning that you're, you're being an example and, and being resourceful to other people. You're not just doing for them. That's a different, that's pleasing and enabling. That's a codependent behavior. But if we can come from a place of being resourceful, being the example from empathy that is interdependent, no, no expectation, when it comes back to you from somewhere else, you receive without resistance. Many people have a hard time receiving. Yeah. When you can learn how to receive without resistance and, and then from giving from ex, giving from uh, without expectation, that's where the prosperity cycle begins to flow and you impact everything around you. Be, you'd be surprised at the things that can open up. But again, doesn't mean it just falls into your lap. You still got to do your part, yeah. but you got to let go of what you can't control. That's the secret to prosperity, things coming into your life. And it doesn't always mean it has to be money. It can be other things that can be just as rewarding and riches that you seek to enhance the quality of your life. So it's being open to receive all the blessings that are always around you and, the, and those opportunities that are disguised in every challenge that, can, that you could be capitalizing on in a healthy, interdependent way. And not only for you to prosper, but for others as well. Yeah, it's it's funny because I um I used to be the sort of person that if somebody was say offering to buy a coffee or offering to take me to lunch or something, I'd be like, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, but now I've learned to receive, and I've learned to say, um, thank you very much. I really appreciate that um, because when you are telling the universe that you don't want it by constantly saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and you're not receiving, the universe will stop sending it to you. So um, it's funny because I, um, I went, I was out the other day and I saw a five cent, um, a five cent coin on the ground and I never go past money. 
And I make sure, even if it's five cents, I pick it up and I say, thank you, universe, for, for this money. I know that there's more to follow. And I often find if the thing is that if you see a penny on the ground and you go past it, that's you telling the universe that I want money, right? We need to be able to get into the habits of appreciating every little bit that we've got and appreciating when, I mean, the amount of times that I would, I would go in to do the washing and all of a sudden I'd find money all over the place or I'd go out my front door and there'd be a $50 note on the, on the ground. And these things can happen sometimes, but it's that prosperity consciousness that's changing it from um, lack to one of abundance and knowing that things are going to be okay. And if you don't have the money in your bank account right now, that's okay because that is actually your previous beliefs which have manifested into the situation you're at now. Change those beliefs and you can change what happens in your future. And, you know, my, I, I swear my kids laugh at me and, and my daughter says to me, Mum, why are you picking it up? It's five cents. And I said, but it's five cents that I didn't have before. So, you know, um, I'm sure they wouldn't say the same thing was a $50 note. But, you know, <laughs> but it's... Um, and, and one thing that I think people have a real hard time um, receiving are compliments. And like we said, it's not all about money, but... There are a lot of people that when you give them a compliment, then they'll turn around and they'll say, oh, no, 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 that's not true. Or, you know, they have a hard time actually receiving that, those positive um, affirmations that you try to give them. Um, so and I think that comes back to beliefs as well. It comes back yeah. to what you've grown up with. Yes, absolutely. So these are the things that you have to change over time to develop a more like prosperity mindset to, again, to start, you know, because again, you can't give more, you can't give more to other people from ex without expectation if you're not receiving because you'll be depleted. Yeah. Well, you can't, can't believe a stone. So, so that's the whole idea. Give without expectation, receive without resistance because when you receive, you're filling up. It's like your gas tank fills up. Now you can give more again and then yeah. it fills up again. And it, so it's just a cycle that keeps flowing. When you stop the flow, you're empty. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to say, I'm really excited because you've got a workshop within this summit on the VIP day where we're actually going to be talking about our eight pillars of wellness. And, um, and you're going to be going into that in much greater depth in the, in, in the workshop where people can actually start to do activities and, and exercises that will allow them to start working on, on their limited beliefs um, and also then starting to implement different parts of the um, eight pillars. But um, can you give us a, a little bit of an insight into the eight pillars and what is meant by, um, by each of these different areas so they know what sure. to expect? So the, the, there's eight pillars of wellness, you know, the first one being social. So, mm -hmm. so that means is what is that relationship that you have with the most important person in your life, and that's you, yeah. and with other people. Now, there's three types of relationships with people, codependent, independent, interdependent. Mm -hmm. Where do you fall under right now? So be honest. Now, most of the world is codependent, whether if they know that consciously or not. Again, because we're always seeking things from other people. We're looking for others to make us happy, to fulfill us, yeah. to do certain things that our emotions are, 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 are in the hands of other people. We, we, we project our power where we give our power to other people. 
So the thing is, is that when we do that, this, this is what leads us to living a life from expectation that when it goes unfulfilled, we feel frustrated, we feel angry, we feel shameful, we feel guilty, we feel envy, jealous, or any combination thereof. The key is, is to shift from a codependent to a interdependency. An independent means that we are taking responsibility from within for our role and our duties and being accountable, but we're not sharing it as, as the example for other people. So in a way it's better than codependent, but we're not now benefiting other people. Yeah. Interdependent does exactly what independent does, but now shares it. They're the, they be the example for others to do for themselves. They are a resource or they're resourceful for others to help themselves. When we can shift from, uh, from codependent to in, in the interdependent, our communication shifts from one of being uh, a one of speculation and assumption to one of being specific, clear, and concise. Mm -hmm. That helps to offset any relationship issues. And again, we'll change our behavior from being, you know, a negative behavior to more positive behavior yeah. and so on. So that's social wellness. Now, emotional wellness is, again, how you operate up here emotionally and mentally. Is it, is it again, in harmony or is it out of alignment? When it's out of alignment, again, we're experiencing that through negative emotions, that if we're operating from anger, jealousy, shame, guilt, or envy, or any combination thereof, and that is the, the, the emotion or emotions that we spend most of our day in, yeah. that means that we're, not, we're emotionally out of alignment, or we're operating from our limiting beliefs. So it's getting that into harmony. Next is physical wellness. Again, you know, our, our bodies, you know, our bodies, in, are we keeping it in motion? Are we nurturing our bodies? Are we eating right? Again, you know, it's in moderation. It's not going from one extreme to the other. But again, finding how we can, every person's body is different. Finding what's going to make, really nourish our bodies, keep it moving, and allow us to do the things that we do each and every day. So you got to determine. So if you're physically out of alignment, could that affect you emotionally? Sure. And if you're emotionally out of alignment, could that affect you physically? Absolutely. We may eat comfort foods because we're not feeling good about ourselves. So we might put on extra weight or whatever the case may be. So next one is, is spiritual wellness. Again, the belief in ourselves and our higher power. Many people believe in their higher power and they pray every day, but they don't believe in themselves. Matter of fact, they don't even consider it. Yeah. But see, the universe, religion, whatever you want to call it, it's a two-way street. There's you and then there's your higher power. So if, if, you're, if you're putting everything into the higher power and nothing into you, it, then it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Again, life is like, a, it, it's like a seesaw. It goes like this. There's a give and take, yeah. right? It's not like this on its access point. So we have to be giving just as the universe is receiving and then also giving and you're receiving. So yeah. again, it's that yin-yang thing that you have to, again, approach. So you got you to gotta believe in yourself. And when we can be free from limiting beliefs, that will help us to raise our level of confidence and self-esteem that improves our ability to believe more in ourselves and our abilities. Mm -hmm. Financial wellness, we talked about that, that, you know, the dialogue with money, is it one from lack and scarcity or one of abundance? Again, it's going back to the give without expectation, receive without resistance and looking at financial, your financial well-being from that perspective, that being grateful for what you have and the things that do come in your life, even if they're small things, because as you begin to appreciate the small things, you'd be able now open up the door for bigger and better things. 
to appear in your life. Next is occupational wellness. It's not what you do, it's why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. Too many people go through life doing what they do and just existing. Why do you do what you do? And if you're not, if you have not found out why you do what you do, because you're stuck in something that just is a means to end, well, find out what that why is and start doing it. So that again, it might be you're out of alignment there where you can be in alignment. Next is uh, uh, intellectual wellness. Again, it's where your mind, you know, how you stimulate your mind. Are we watching TV five hours a day? Or are we doing puzzles? Are we doing trivia? Are we doing things to help us use our minds to solve problems and create solutions? This is what keeps us active. And many people that live to ripe old ages are people that keep their minds active, just like they do with their bodies. It's a two-way street. And then finally, there's environmental wellness. And no, that is not the environment that you think of that I'm referencing here. Environmental wellness means, again, where do you live? your workspace and your car. Those are the three places that you spend most of your life or your lifetime in. You're at home, you're in your car, and you're in your workspace, wherever that may be. If it's cluttered no. and disorganized, well, guess what? what? What do you think is going on up here? Same thing. If it's organized, then again, you're, you're, you, have, you have clarity here. There's less, it's, you got the garbage out of here. Now, being too organized or be, trying to be perfect, that's one extreme to the other. That's not a good thing either. Perfectionism is, is a, just another form of codependency and, again, finger-pointing and not failing to take responsibility for certain things. So, again, being organized means it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just progress in motion. It's everything in harmony. And, again, just, just trusting that process. So, when you can get the eight pillars of wellness and find that alignment that where you kind of keep it here, that's where you're going to experience more, uh, you know, a, a sense of alignment with your, uh, your wellness principles. Those are, again, the wellness means that, you know, those things that are more on the, the wellness side and then your wealth principles. Now wealth is, doesn't mean just your, your bank account and your net worth. It's again, serving your purpose Again, your freedom that you have to spend doing the things you love to do in your family and spending time with your family and friends. So when we can have that, again, that harmony of, of wellness and wealth together is when we can really, truly experience what prosperity really is and whatever that means to you. So that's what the eight pillars of wellness are and what they can do to find harmony in your life, in your career. Fantastic, Chris. Well